Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman. I'm reading today for days 704 and 705 of my daily Zohar reading, which corresponds to part two of the Zohar, pages 140b and 141a. I'm going to just be reading in English today. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to get back to the Aramaic soon. I have a lot on my plate right now. So uh, this is about the best I can do. Hope you enjoy. Um, this is... Also, page 290 of the Pritzker edition, Zohar, volume 5, translated by Professor Daniel Matt. And uh, we're discussing Psalm 63, My soul thirsts for you, my flesh yearns for you. Psalm 63, too, like someone hungering to eat and thirsting to drink. In a parched and weary land with no water, Psalm 63, too. For it is a desert, uninhabited, not a place of holiness, and thus a place with no water. Just as I hunger and thirst for you in this place, so in the sanctuary I will behold you. Psalm 63, 3. As for us, just as we thirst for our master to drink in his words thirstily in this place, so we thirst to drink his words thirstily in the temple, the place called sanctuary. Footnote 281. As David thirsted for God, so Rabbi Abba and the companions thirst for the wisdom of Rabbi Shimon, both here in Galilee and soon in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Rabbi Shimon said to Rabbi Abba, Let him who began the word now speak. He opened, saying, Have them take me an offering from every man. Exodus 25.2 When the Blessed Holy One showed Moses the making of the dwelling, he found it difficult and could not comprehend it, as has been established. Now, we should raise a difficulty. If this offering was given by the Blessed Holy One to Moses alone, how could he give her to another and say that the children of Israel should take this offering? But surely he gave her to Moses, not to anyone else. Footnote 282. On Moses' difficulty in understanding an aspect of the dwelling, see Menachot 29a, quote, it was taught in the school of Rabbi Yishmael. Three things were too difficult for Moses until the Blessed Holy One showed him with his finger, namely how to construct the lampstand in the tabernacle, how to recognize precisely the new moon, and how to determine which creeping things are pure and impure. Rabbi Abba now raises his own difficulty since God gave the offering, namely Shekhinah, to Moses alone, enabling him to attain intimacy with her. How could he then give her to all the children of Israel, instructing them to take her? Back to the text. This may be compared to a king who was among his people, though the matronita was not with the king. As long as the matronita is not with the king, the people are not bolstered by him and cannot dwell securely. As soon as the matronita arrives, all the people rejoice and dwell securely. Similarly, at first, even though the Blessed Holy One performed miracles and signs through Moses, the people were not bolstered. As soon as the Blessed Holy One said, Have them take me an offering, Exodus 25.2, and I will place my dwelling in your midst, Leviticus 26.11, they were all immediately bolstered, and they rejoiced in the worship of the Blessed Holy One, as is written. It happened on the day Kalot Moshe, Moses consummated, Numbers 7.1, for... Kalat Moshe, the bride of Moses, descended to earth. 
Footnote 284, despite the divine miracles, Israel felt insecure until <coughs> Shekhinah dwelled among them, guaranteeing that the Blessed Holy One would remain with them. The command, have them take me an offering, now implies that Israel will share in the presence of Shekhinah an offering along with Moses. Cross-reference, Vayikar Rabbah 30.13, in the name of Rabbi Shimon, son of Padzi. Quote, as if it were possible, the Blessed Holy One say, Take me, and I will dwell among you. Here is not written, Have them take an offering, but rather, Have them take me as an offering. It is me you are taking. See above, note 12. Similarly, God assures Israel that he will place Shekhinah, my dwelling, in their midst. Shekhinah becomes the bride of Moses, united with him. But as such, she dwells among the entire people. Although in the Masoretic text the word kalot, consummated, is spelled with a vav, it is interpreted midrashically as if it were spelled without the vav, so that it can be read kalat, the bride of, implying that Israel is the bride of God. Here, Rabbi Abba adopts this reading but reassigns the rules. The bride is Shekhinah, who is married to Moses, known as husband of Elohim, namely husband of Shekhinah. The reader is left wondering, does the parable's king represent God or Moses? Back to the text. Now you might say, everywhere Vaihi, it happened, conveys nothing but suffering, and here is written Vayahi, it happened on that on the day. Well, on the very day that Shekhinah descended to earth, the accuser appeared by her, and dismal darkness obstructed her to prevent her from descending. We have learned fifteen million accusing angels appeared by her, preventing her descent. At the same time, an entire assemblage of supernal angels appeared before the Blessed Holy One and said, Master of the universe, all our splendor and all our radiance derive from Shekhinah of your glory, and now she will descend to those below. At that moment, Shekhinah steeled herself and broke through the dismal darkness as one breaks hard chunks of ice, and she descended to earth. As soon as they all saw this, they began exclaiming, Yudevave, our master, how magnificent your name in all the earth. Psalm 8.2, magnificent indeed, for she broke many hard chunks and fierce forces and descended to earth, ruling over all. Therefore it is written, Vayahi, it happened. Numbers 7.1, the pain suffered by many armies and camps on the day that Kalat Moshe, the bride of Moses, descended to earth. Consequently, have them take me an offering. Exodus 25.2, it is not written, have them take me and an offering, but rather, have them take me an offering, showing that all is one, inseparable. The making of the dwelling resembled the pattern above, one corresponding to the other, so that Shekhinah would be embraced on all sides, above and below. Here in this world, its workmanship is like that of the body to contain spirit within, namely Shekhinah, who is included above and below. She is Holy Spirit, continuously entering and drawn into the mystery of the body, so that kernel will dwell within shell, all fittingly. This Holy Spirit becomes like a body, so that another spirit may be contained within it, supernal, subtle, luminous. So is all embraced and contained one in another, entering one another, until finally embraced within this world, the last external shell. The hard shell is within the shell of this world, like a nut whose outer shell is not hard, but whose inner shell is. So too above the hard shell is the other spirit ruling the body. Within it is a thin shell, and within that the kernel.
In the Holy Land, all is arranged differently, for the hard shell is broken there and has no dominion at all. The hard shell is continually broken, opened on that this side and that. That opening existed in the Holy Land as long as they performed the ritual properly. We're now on page 141a. Once sins had their effect, they drew the opening together from one side to another until the shell converged all as one. As soon as the shell enclosed the kernel, that shell dominated them and expelled them from that place. Nevertheless, even though it expelled them, the shell cannot rule over that holy place, since it is not its domain. Now you might say, if so, since the hard shell cannot rule over that holy place, why is it still a ruin? For surely destruction comes to the world only from the side of that hard shell. Well, certainly, when it was destroyed, it was destroyed only from that side, when it enclosed the kernel, yet the Blessed Holy One prevented the hard shell from ruling over that place. And once it had expelled Israel from there, that shell was reopened as before. Since the holy people are not there, that opening is covered with a covering of a holy curtain to protect that place, so that the hard shell will not enclose it, and the covering adheres on all sides." For sacred anointing to flow upon the land as before, impossible for that thin covering adheres, preventing it from descending since the holy people are not there. Consequently, the ruins have not been rebuilt since the day they were destroyed. For that hard shell to rule, impossible for that thin covering clasps the opening on all sides, preventing it from ruling there and enclosing the kernel. That covering of a thin curtain derives from an extension of the holy curtain above, protecting that place. Therefore, when all those souls of other nations living in the land depart, it does not receive them, but thrusts them out, and they go wandering, revolving in many convolutions, until they leave the Holy Land entirely and circle to their side in their impurity. All those souls of Israel who depart there ascend, and that thin covering receives them, and they enter supernal holiness, for every species seeks its own kind." Souls of Israel who depart outside the land in the dominion of that hard shell. Each one goes circling and revolving until she returns to her place, entering the site suitable for her. Happy is the share of one whose soul departs in the holy domain in that opening of the holy land. If one whose soul departs in the holy land is buried on that same day, the impure spirit has no power over them at all. Therefore it is written of one who is hanged, Rather you shall bury him on that day, and you shall not defile your land. Deuteronomy 21:23. For at night permission is granted to Rome. Yet although they are given permission, they do not enter the Holy Land unless they find a vessel there to enter. Limbs and fat that are consumed at night to nourish other species, not that they enter the land, nor to draw them into the land, but rather so that the other side will not prevail in the land, nor be drawn to enter there. Therefore their smoke would ascend twistingly, turning outside, moving turbulently, feverishly, until it entered the hollow of the north, where lie the haunts of all the other sides. There the smoke entered, and they, were, and they all were nourished there. Smoke of the day would ascend to its place on a straight path, nourishing who was nourished. From that opening were nourished all aspects of the hard shell which lies outside the land, and by that dense smoke as we have established. Bodies of the righteous that were not lured in this world after the pleasures of that hard shell are not ruled by the spirit of impurity at all, for they did not collude with it at all in this world. 
just as the body is drawn in this world after that hard shell and its pleasures, delights, and lusciousness, so it is defiled after its soul departs. That's it for uh, today's reading. Catch you all tomorrow. Take care.